I'm Ursula Sullivan. And I'm Joanna Strumpf. Today we're going to hear from the talented and just all-round fabulous Todd McKinney. So jealous, Joanna. He is an absolute legend of Australian stage and screen. He rose to fame as the boy from Oz, playing the life of Peter Allen on stage. And he actually won a Helpman Award for that. He has judged Dancing with Stars. He's hosted television. But of course, he is known for his musical theatre work. He is an all-round entertainer, a huge talent, but what a lot of you won't know is that he is actually a very, very passionate and dedicated collector of contemporary art. Yeah, I love hearing about how somebody really gets connected with art and starts collecting and really takes it on board. He is a delight and I hope that you enjoy listening. Over to Todd. Thanks again so much for joining us, Todd. How are you surviving COVID-19? And do you like to pronounce it COVID or COVID? Well, I think it's COVID, but I know one thing, I'm really sick of hearing it. I turn the television on every morning and it's COVID, COVID, COVID. Isn't it weird that when these things happen, suddenly all these new buzz terms like social distancing we're suddenly using, which I've never heard before, and COVID or COVID or, you know, pandemic even. So what's it meant for you, Todd? I mean, you're in the performing arts. That's a sector that's been really hard hit. Yes. it's Well, I was halfway through the musical Shrek. We had done the Sydney season and halfway through our Melbourne season. So I lost, well, six weeks' work in Melbourne and then we lost the whole of the Brisbane season. I lost about four months' work all up and it just literally stopped overnight. You know, the funny thing is we didn't get closure. That's the thing that really annoys me. We went home from a show one night. And the next time we saw people was if you happened to run in, into anybody while you were packing up your dressing room. It was, there was no goodbye, there was no final show. So it just feels like we're still tumbling. But that's been a little difficult. But I'm also contracted to Channel 7 and that contract is continuing and I'm in pre-production for a couple of shows that are coming up with them. So I'm very blessed in that regard. But I've missed the spontaneity of my life. You know, they're ringing friends and popping down to the coffee shop. I didn't realise how much I did that. You know, do you want to go and grab some sushi? Do you want to, you know, catch up for dinner quickly on Friday night? Like, I'm just, I'm missing that. Yeah. I've been to your beautiful house, but for our our listeners, can you describe where you're in isolation and who you're with? Okay. I'm in um, Sydney's leafy up in offshore in Pimble in a house that was built in 19, somewhere between 1901 and 1910. It's an old farmhouse, one of the original houses of the area. So I'm in a really, really beautiful location with gorgeous gardens. And so my isolation is not like a lot of other people's, you know, who will be locked in an apartment with no balcony. I do have the joy of getting out. I'm here absolutely by myself, except for my two gorgeous greyhounds, Joey and Nancy Hayes. It feels kind of guilty to say that there's good things about this pandemic, this pandemic that's caused so much drama for everyone. But there are some not so bad aspects, aren't there? Well, there are for people like you and me and many other people who travel for a living. I never spend very much time at home. You know, I've got this beautiful house, but I never get to spend much time at home. It's been really nice to actually plant my feet in one place, which is mine, and not out of a suitcase. That's been really good. And the other really great thing is that, funnily enough, I think I've spoken to more of my friends in depth during the pandemic than I have when I'm working because I'm always like, oh, I've got to go to the theatre, I'm too busy, I've got to, you know, 
do this or whatever. So in a way, I've reconnected with a lot of friends, albeit, you know, via the internet. But I've also met a lot of my neighbours. I live in a suburban street, beautiful suburban street in Sydney, but it's become the Pitt Street Mall. There are people out in the mornings with their dogs and their kids on prams and bikes, and, and they all just hang over the fence and we have a chat. So I've met. After living here for 11 years, I've met a lot of people I had never even spoken to. So that's a little upshot. You know, all of Australia loves you and knows you as a star of the stage and screen, but not many people know about this passion that you have for contemporary art. And we'd love to hear a little bit about it because it's always deeply fascinating to know how people discover it. I'm the only one of my immediate circle of friends and family that have anything to do with art. It started in 1987. I was doing the musical Cats and I used to have just prints, you know, of, you know, the ballet dancers with the leg warmers at the ballet bar, you know, those oh, old yeah. prints. Oh, really tacky ones. So I had those, you know, <laughs> that you buy at the markets up on my walls and uh, I had to go to Melbourne to do cats and I needed to find accommodation in Melbourne for two years. I came across to a circle of friends, a man by the name of Paul Clarkson and Paul had a room vacant in his place and in St Kilda and was um, offering it to me. Paul was the Director of Arts for Victoria for 15 years. So he went through changes of government and all that. He ran the arts, like he was a huge mover and shaker in the arts in, in Australia, in fact. And he said to me, quote, Todd, get that shit off your walls. You're coming with me. I'm going to introduce you to art. It was the best thing. And I didn't know how to start. He had a wonderful art collection himself, which I, I appreciated, but he took me by the hand, took me under his wing, and he took me down to the Australian print workshop in Melbourne and I spoke to a lady there his name escapes me and I said how do I you know what do I do and she said you know what I would suggest find an artist your own age and find one you like and follow their career you know follow and see the way they change and the way they grow and if it's someone your own age you can probably relate to them and all that and that person for me was Tim Maguire so I bought a lithograph of Tim Maguire, this majestic red column coming out of this green and purple murky kind of base. And it's majestic. And that was in 1989. I, I bought that. So it took a couple of years of getting to know Paul and, you know, before this happened. I was just going to say, you guys are listening to the podcast, but I've got the whole Toddcast going on here and I can see him sitting in front of this fabulous Tim Maguire. It's quite a, a huge piece. And I've admired them in your home before as well. It's a triptych and it's, so it's huge. It'll be three metres by two and a half or three. Like it's massive. It takes up the whole wall, but it's a, a photograph of um, snow resting in branches taken in a micro and then expanded. And he splits the photo into three grayscales. He paints over the top of the negatives, put the negatives back together, then reprints them through this giant printer he's had made, I think in Milan. And then this is what you get. It's, uh, it's extraordinary. But I've got five Tim Maguire pieces in my house now. Did you get to know him? I did. So artists are my rock stars. Well, go back one step. I met Jan Minchin from Tolano Gallery at some point in my life and told her I had a Tim Maguire and she said, oh, you should meet Tim. And I couldn't do it for a couple of years because I was, was never in Melbourne. And I had all these Tim Maguire pieces and she said, Tim's got an exhibition at my gallery, Tolano's in Melbourne and you must come and meet him. And I was so nervous. I was sweating. I was sweating. I was giggling like a schoolgirl. I couldn't <laughs> talk to him. And he, said, he, was, he more or less said, you know, why don't you, me and Jan have um, a meal over Christmas? And I, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't oh do God. it. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I was lucky enough to meet him. He's still one of my most favourite artists. I, I have a real, real soft spot for him. And Jan introduced me to him and she said, Tim, this is Todd McKenney. He's a collector of yours. 
And that was the first time I'd ever been called a collector. And I had never really realized that I was a collector. And I was really proud, you know. So that was the first encounter, yes. And then once I loved that up on my wall and people would talk about it when they'd come to my apartment and I did research on where the column was from and I knew a lot about it. And that was the other thing. It just got my creative juices flowing and I loved knowing about art. Paul Clarkson just kept steering me and taking me to exhibitions. And so suddenly I was going to the NGB or the MCA in, in Sydney and I just sort of jumped into the art world. And the art world I found is something I can do on my own as well, which I really love. So I love one of my favourite things is going to a gallery on my own with no time frame. And so I just found myself doing that. And along the way, just, you know, met, you know, fabulous people who then would steer me in, in another direction, which is kind of where you fit, you know. And so I've just gathered these people who have, you know, always taken me sort of under their wing and directed me in the art world. And you know, um, Jan mentioned you and Martin Brown are the three people that have been my big influence. You're listening to Joanna Strumpf and Todd McKenney in conversation. Go to our website, sullivanstrumpf.com, to find out more about our artists and what we're doing. You can find podcasts at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Tuned In. Let's continue. I remember the first time we met was in Hong Kong. And that's yeah. always a heady kind of atmosphere. Like, there's a lot of excitement that goes on there. And you fell in love with Darren Sylvester's fabulous broken model work, which is epically huge and hangs in your, do you call it your rehearsal room? I just call it the piano room or my studio because it's where we rehearse. And it's a, it's a room which is the original dining room of the house. So it's got lovely lead press ceilings and it's got lovely dimensions to it. And it's got my beautiful old 120 year old Beckstein grand piano in there. I had always left this wall free because I wanted, I couldn't find the right thing to go on this wall. So that was my only empty wall in the house for nine years because I just couldn't find the right thing. And then I turned up at Art Basel in Hong Kong where I met you and there it was. And I looked at it and I just knew that it was perfect because it's theatrical, it's shiny, it's everything that room in my house is about. And it's a photograph. And as my collection grows over the years, I look at it and there are a lot of photographs and it seems to be the thing I'm often drawn to. I remember I was with a friend of mine and I said to him, come back and have a look at this thing, but don't let me buy it. <laughs> it was the most expensive piece I'd ever bought. I said, oh, don't, don't let me buy it. And he said, no, no, I'm good like that. I'll, I'll protect you, Toddy. I said, but just let me show it to you. And we walked and we turned the corner where your exhibit was and he went, oh my God, that's fantastic. You have to have it. <laughs> and so, bizarrely enough, I flew to Hong Kong to buy a picture from a Sydney gallery and a Sydney artist. So, it, you know, it, it does happen. I think you had to pay for it to get it back. And you were very kind to lend it to the NGV survey show that Darren had last year or the year I before, did. Which was pretty mm. fantastic seeing it in that environment as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And I loved all of Darren's work. There's others that I love of his too. I was really proud that it was up there. And, you know, again, it said the Todd McKenney collection, which just always makes me giggle. You know, <laughs> you know, I don't know why the word Tom McKenney collection is just not something I do. It just always springs out. It's funny. I've had another one go too. I had um, I had Rosemary Lane go to the the MCA in Sydney for an exhibition for six months. And that was the same. I used to go and see my name on the park and just giggle. But in amongst all these beautiful artists, just, yeah, it's, it's, there's a sense of pride, but it's, it just it makes me smile. Is there any sort of theme that you can see running through your collection? I mean, when an outsider comes and sees something, I mean, it's very beautifully put together and things are thoughtfully placed and they just work where you have them. But when you look 
at it altogether. Is there something that connects for you? No, the big, big, big thing for me is not necessarily a theme. And there are a few photographs. I've got quite, I've got the Rosemary Lang. I've got Hiromi Tango, who you put me on to as well, which I love. Another photograph. And, um, and Darren Sylvester, another photograph. The thing is, I've got some really cheap stuff in here from the Bondo markets and other places like that. But every single piece of art I have on my wall, I absolutely love. And there's a meaning for me in it. It's either the way it makes me feel or what it does to the room it's hanging in or it's uh, colours that change in the day. The, the Tim Maguire behind me, in night it looks black and white, in the morning it looks pinks and greens. Like it's sort of just, I, I don't have anything on my wall for the sake of filling a wall space. I have it on the wall because I absolutely love it. And they all say something. The one from the Bondo Markets is by a lady called Jennifer Baird, who's really just a pastel, it's a print of the chairs of the cafes of Bondi where I lived for 20 years and you know each one of the chairs on this thing is somewhere I used to go and sit and have coffee and it was $25 but I love it as much as I love my Down Sylvester or, or Hodgie. Yeah you have a lot of guests to your house as well. People come to my house and, and I have a lot of art here as well. I'm always flummoxed that the people don't really comment very much you know it's like I don't know whether they're they're scared to to say something because they know what I do for a living but like you know so many people just walk on through and it's like really what do I have to do to get a rise out of you people you know because some of it's a bit provocative nothing absolutely nothing my guests do tend to comment especially because I do a lot of functions at my house like charity dinners and fundraisers and things so often I've got my house full of 30 or 40 strangers at a time and I think because they just didn't know that I had this other life um, of, of an art lover an art collector an enthusiast and you know and I think that surprises them so and because it surprises them they wander around and they ask me about it and also my art is being as in your face you certainly can't miss it and I think that surprises people so therefore I get to talk about it quite a lot What's your most treasured artwork? God, I knew you'd ask me that. That's really hard, isn't it? I mean, it's like they're like your children. Yeah, they are, aren't they? I, I always put it this way. If the house were burning, what would you run for? And that's really hard for you because a lot of them are really big and I don't know whether you'd be able to prize them off the wall too quickly. Imagine running for the Lindy Lee sculpture outside, that installation outside. You know, what it was 400 kilos. Mind you, that might survive a fire. Yeah, that's true. It's, yeah, it's so metal. Well, it's metal. It's a mirrored finish, you know, orb with lights in it. It's just that at night is breathtaking. That's obviously one of my favourites. Um, I love, I don't know which one I'd save if I had to save one. I don't know. I'm really fond of of the Hodgie, Greg Hodge. His, his thing I have a real soft spot for because he painted it for me. First thing that's that I've ever had commissioned and I know he was nervous about it, and it's breathtakingly beautiful where it is. If I could get the Darren Sylvester off the wall because it's in four huge pieces, I'd probably give it a go. It would be really hard to choose, but it would be between Lindy Lee, uh, Darren Sylvester or Hodge. Does the art ever filter into your own work? You know, are there, there any ways that you bring that to your profession? Well, there probably are in the way that my house where I put most of my shows together and rehearse my shows, particularly in that room with the piano and the Darren Sylvester is, is that my art feels like a very, very creative space and that the room particularly. So if I need to learn a song, even on my own, I sit in that piano room all day, every day. So I'm surrounded by 
beautiful art and so therefore it feels like I'm in a creative space if I'm in a less creative space like having to learn it in a you know in a studio at a facility I don't get as inspired so I suppose the answer would be yes we all sort of draw inspiration from art and going to galleries and museums as you said before I mean we can't do that at the moment it's really frustrating you know it's really sort of killing me have you been sort of looking at things online or I have Jan mentioned at Delano's has been doing some really great virtual tours of her upcoming exhibitions. You guys are doing great stuff. The NGV is doing great stuff. Sydney City Museum is doing really great stuff. And the Art Gallery of New South Wales is doing great stuff. So I have been ferreting around. And, oh, you know one thing I've loved is the Instagram posts of people doing their version of really great art. Oh, you mean their it's- versions of famous paintings, dressing up? Oh, hilarious. But some of it's really good and some of it's really creative and left of centre and I've really, really enjoyed following that. I think it's called Art and Quarantine or Quarantine and Art or something like that. How important is art right now in these crazy times? Why do we need it? We need art right now because we need some beauty in our life apart from anything else. We need beauty and something that somebody has you know, that cared about to put out there to the world that is good. That's not something that's going to, you know, you need to be fearful of, but it's something that you can embrace. And that's whatever form of art that can be. You know, it could be visual arts, musical arts, you know, theatrical arts. It's something positive, something uplifting, something warm, something inspiring, and something that somebody has cared about. And it makes me feel good that we have that around. The arts is the heart of any community. And I think if we do our jobs right as artists, particularly in in my business, and I think also to a degree in, in yours, we need to make people feel like it was effortless and it's a joy. And we know that it's not, it's hard work and it's, it's blood, sweat and tears. But it's the fact that we're putting something that makes people feel calm a lot of the time or at least instills reaction. We care. We're putting out some, something we really care about. And I think that's what uh, the arts does best. Thank you. Beautifully said. You have been listening to Todd McKenney in conversation with me, Joanna Strumpf. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. If you're interested in learning more about Todd or following his career a bit more closely, you can go to his Instagram, which is official Todd McKenney. It's really quite fun, actually. He sings, he dances, he does all sorts of things. And he does give you a glimpse into some of those artworks in his collection as well, which is, uh, which is interesting too. So that's it from us for today. I hope you enjoy and we look forward to you tuning in again next time. That's it from me. And that's it from me. See you.